0: i here to stand in solidarity with the Palestinians and we're to congratulate uh, the Palestinian nation for the uh, release of the prisoners um, because uh, I think the only way forward is obviously the resistance because the Palestinians have been waiting for United Nations and for other organizations to get involved to release these prisoners and there was nothing uh, successful except by the Palestinian resistance and that is Hamas. Hamas is not a terrorist organization. Unfortunately, Canada enlisted them as a terrorist organization. Uh, we are working to lobby inside Canada to let them know that uh, this is not the fact, and that, that they have a popular base. They're democratically elected uh, uh, back in the days. Ay 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 ay, that's what I heard when I. That's what I did when I heard that clip. Okay, working with Canadian government. Uh, let me know if that terrorist status changes, because we will definitely talk about that. You know, so far we've. Um, mainly heard one side of the pro-Palestinian voice, and you hear it all over the streets of Canada. There's a large narrative of hate. Certainly, they don't speak for all Palestinians. My next guest is a Palestinian who lives in the West Bank and for 33 years lived in a United Nations Refugee Works Agency refugee camp, would rise to prominence during the first intifada, reporting on the IDF's alleged use of force against Palestinian civilians the Palestinian uprising. So I think he might be qualified to speak as a Palestinian about Palestinians' rights and what they want versus a lot of the stuff that we hear um, only in the the streets. Let me bring him in. Bassem Eid is a Jerusalem-based political analyst, leading Palestinian human rights activist and expert commentator in both Arab and Palestinian affairs, but also founded the Jerusalem-based Palestinian human rights monitoring group. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Good morning.
0: When you look at where we are right now, obviously we are in a ceasefire. Um, It could break at any time. It could be extended. Not sure where it is. But I don't even think at this point, and correct me where I'm wrong, um, even with a ceasefire, this is not ending, or is it, in your mind? Where do you see it going?
1: I don't think that uh, that's exactly what the Gazan people really need. I don't think that the Gazan people need a ceasefire, I don't think that the, the Gazan people need the humanitarian aid. What the Gazan people need is how to free them from the Hamas. The Hamas in the, 16, in the past 16 years almost provided misery, poverty, and destruction to his own people. Hamas in the past 16 years succeeded to build 500 kilometers of tunnels under the Gaza Strip, without trying to build one shelter to give the opportunity to his people to protect them from the several wars that the Hamas almost impose on Israel. I think that the Hamas is still using his own people as a human shield. Everybody knows that most of the humanitarian aid during the truce is going to be stolen by the Hamas. So people are seeking for freedoms, people are seeking for liberty, they are not really seeking for a a ceasefire or for a humanitarian aid.
0: See, your opinion on this, and you live in the West Bank, so you, you have a pretty good idea of what's going on. You seem to be in the minority when we hear this, because we don't hear this side of the story. And so when you hear someone like the young man um, at the top of, when I introduced this, this is a Canadian in Ottawa, and he's telling us, well, Hamas is not a terrorist group, you know? We're going to negotiate with the Canadian government. How come people somehow have been able to normalize Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, I guess, but certainly Hamas? How did it get so normalized?
1: Unfortunately, I, 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 I uh, I am not among the minority here. I am living in the West Bank in Jericho. I am going around of the West Bank every day. I am meeting Palestinians over there who are probably much more critical than myself towards the Hamas attitude and the Hamas behavior. The biggest problem here is that people are so scared, people are so afraid to speak out against what is going on in the Gaza Strip. I can understand the people because we, the Palestinians, are really living under a kind of a dictatorship, if it is in the West Bank or it is in the Gaza Strip. And while you are living under a dictatorship, you must have to be very careful when you are opening your mouth. The region in the Gaza Strip is not really so different from the region in Iran or in Sudan or in Syria. So people trying much more to keep away from politics and try to think much more about their own internal problems and about their own economic prosperity.
0: But we don't hear and we don't see these kinds of, um, you know, revolts and and protests when civilians, including a lot of Palestinians, were killed in Syria. I mean, they're, they're still being killed. We don't, we don't, why do we not get the same you know, outpouring of, of, of help, so to speak, for the Palestinian people when others are, are killing them?
1: I don't think that the current war in Gaza is giving any opportunity for the people to gather outside or to demonstrate or to protest against what is going on. It's a real war over there. And people trying much more to find, you know, a, a small places, some shelters, to protect themselves and to protect their children. I think that the Hamas is the one who should have to pay the price right now, and I think that the Hamas is the only one who is responsible on the bloodshed which is taking place right now in Gaza and in Israel.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to point out, because I don't think a lot of people know this, 2 million Arab citizens live in Israel. I mean, they've got... Devout Muslims, uh, you know, they live in peace. They, they're they're fine. Everything's there's a a, a good working relationship, um, and, and so it's only a population of 15 million. So there is there is a crossover and, and a bringing together of religions that actually works quite well. But there is also Hamas. Uh, it hates Jews. Uh, you can give I, them all, all, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I I first would like to appreciate uh, the position of the Israeli Arabs inside Israel right now, that these people really uh, start uh, uh, recognizing and understanding the, 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 the massacre that the Hamas almost committed in the south of Israel in uh, on October 7th. And those Israeli Arabs right now are acting completely against the expectation of the Hamas the Hamas expected much more from the Israeli Arabs mm-hmm. and from the Palestinians in the West Bank, but looks like that the Palestinians in the West Bank and the Israeli Arab almost disappointed Hamas and the Hamas is the only one who should have to be to pay the prices for his own massacres and his own tragedies. That he is committing against the Israelis and the Palestinians in the same time,
0: but it's not just Hamas, as I understand. There are other, uh, you know, groups that have um, factions that have broken off who are also uh, taking part in this. And whether they're working together, whether Hamas is in a, a state of desperation and they've broken off, there are, as I understand, other groups that are also fighting.
1: See, there are some other groups, but the Hamas is the one who is responsible. The Hamas is the one who is ruling the Gaza Strip in the past 16 years. The Hamas is the one who occupied Gaza in 2007 after they killed 140 Fatah members from their neighbors and from their friends. So the Hamas is the one who should have to hold the whole responsibility about what is going on right now in the Gaza Strip.
0: We're speaking with Bassem Eid. Who is a Jerusalem-based political analyst and a leading Palestinian human rights activist lives currently in the West Bank and joins us. Thanks so much uh, for sticking uh, with us. You know we hear all the time. Um, you know we just need to get back to the table. We just need to to end this and get back and solve this two-state solution. I don't. I don't see certainly after what happened on October seventh that there would be a lot of desire to go back to that conversation, um, given, I mean, ultimately Hamas doesn't care about the land. They care about killing Jews, hence the song. And so how do you see any kind of solution out of this?
1: Let me me tell you the truth. After the Hamas occupied the Gaza Strip in 2007, Mm -hmm. the Palestinian leadership is seeking a kind of a three-state solution for two people how it could be free state solution for two people hamas is defending its own islamic emirate in the gaza strip abbas is defending his own empire in the west bank and the state of israel this is how we are living since the israeli withdrawal from gaza in 2005 and looks like that everyone is so satisfied with his own So I don't think that the two-state solution is really a solution for the Palestinian leadership. As I said, the Palestinian leaders are seeking much more, a three-state solution for two people.
0: Boy, oh boy, things got a lot more complicated. Yes. And they were already very complicated.
1: I agree. I think that the Hamas almost put all of the region in a very complicated situation. All of the region right now not only the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, also they put us in a conflict with Qatar, they put yeah. us with a conflict with Iran, they put us in a conflict with Turkey, and everything looks very complicated. With this organization, I don't believe that there is any kind of solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. If we are really seeking a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the first thing that we should have to do is how to erase the Hamas from the map.
0: Right. And I've heard that from a number of people. They don't don't tend to get the the airtime. We don't hear it a lot. Um, You know, you've got to extinguish Hamas and then free the people um, but i also think qatar uh, has to explain its relationship uh, with the leadership of hamas i mean they, there are a whole bunch of areas that i think we felt that relations were normalized i think that have to be once again a question and so um,
1: yeah. unfortunately unfortunately qatar is a very strange country <laughs> and i remember you know 2 years ago when israel signed the uh, abraham's accord yeah with the Kingdom of Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. What Qatar said, Qatar condemned, Qatar condemned the normalization between the United Arab Emirates and the Kingdom of Bahrain and Israel. Qatar, which is bringing $30 million in cash in a private jet landing in Ben Gurion Airport, and the Israeli employees taking the Samsonite bags full of cash money and driving them to Gaza. what Qatar really calling this? This is not normalization. This is not a part of the region. A very strange country, and I am wondering why Qatar is playing such miserable rule on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's complicated, as they say, um, and about right. these prisoners, because a lot of people, you know, they hear the age of these prisoners, and they say, well, they're just kids, and so uh, the prisoner exchange for hostages, um, you know, Israel's uh, not getting a lot, certainly, and, and and who are they putting back out into the streets? Because the last time they, you know, traded prisoners for a Israeli soldier, one of those released, it was the mastermind of October 7th, and so... You know, the characterization of these prisoners.
1: You know, I am wondering all the time what really the Palestinians benefited from such deal of exchanging the hostages with the prisoners. I must have to tell you that since October 7th until now, Israel almost arrested over than 3,200 Palestinians. 3,200. How many prisoners Israel is going to release? 30? 40? 200? 300? This is is nothing. This is nothing. And I don't think that the Hamas almost achieved anything from such kind of deal. This is something unbelievable. You know, uh, uh, three days ago, Ismail Haniya, from his sixth... Star Hotel in Qatar, in Doha, he gave his own, you know, a speech of victory, A speech of victory. What he said in that speech, he said that the enemy, the enemy come down to our terms. What are your own terms, Mr. Hania? Yeah. We, we want. We are really so thirsty to know what is the terms of the Hamas here, the terms of the Hamas to release 200 or 300, while Israel almost arrested over than 3,000. So I don't think that there is a deal to the Palestinians. But on the meantime, I am very happy that some of the hostages can be united at least with mm-hmm. their own families.
0: Oh, I appreciate you uh, joining me so much on this conversation, and I, I hope to talk again. You come with a, a-, a very um, unique perspective.
1: The pleasure is mine.
0: Thank you. That Thank is you. A- all the- there you go. That's a Beshem Eid, and he is a founder of the Jerusalem-based Palestinian Human Rights Monitoring Group.